Praise God. Well, we're going to start a series today on generosity. Three people are happy about that. Praise God. Praise God. So, uh, you know, I love the definition of generosity, and that's just, that's where that logo, that's where that design came from. That's the definition there. My wife put that beautiful flyer together, but it means to be kind. The quality of being kind, understanding, and not selfish. That's what generosity is. So we're going to talk about that for a few weeks, about being generous. Does that mean we're going to talk about money, Pastor Ron? Yeah, it does mean we're going to talk about money sometimes because that's part of being generous, and it's also a biblical term. It is a biblical thing that we'll see throughout the, the Word of God. And, and so I'm excited about, about beginning this because here's, here's what I feel. Has anybody noticed that there's a big ditch now in our property? Grace, grace, God has dug a hole. <laughs> we dug the hole, we're expecting God to fill it, amen? That's an Amy Simple McPherson, that's our founder. If you want to know exactly what I'm talking about, come to the membership meeting Wednesday night, and I'll explain to you about the heritage of Foursquare and about, about our roots and about what it means to be a Foursquare church and, and what it looks like uh, as a member of a Foursquare church and member of Grapevine in, in particular. So 6.30 Wednesday night, we're going to be jumping off into that, but that ditch is Doug, the electrician was here this morning. The power's going in tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have it inspected Tuesday. That thing will be lit up hopefully uh, next week sometime, and God is doing some great things. So, so I need to let Russ know. I need to see him sometime soon. There you are, brother, because uh, we got the whole, we're going we're gonna to put some landscaping out there to try to beautify it up too a little bit because we don't want just to a, just a sign in a dirt lot. We want to make sure people know that there's something happening at Grapevine. We know it, but we need the community to know it. Amen. Hey, Dave, would you do me a favor? Turn on the lights back there for people so they can see. If you have your bulletins, you might want to start taking some notes if you've never done that before. For me, that's how I learn. I write it down. I don't necessarily keep the notes, but when I write them down, they help me to retain them. There are some of you that keep them. You keep my whole sermons. You got binders full. I think you're starting your own church someday. You're going to use my material, and that's okay. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I appreciate that. That means you're, that means you're enjoying it, but but today, I entitled this sermon on generosity, The Trust Fund. And you'll understand what I'm talking about here in a few moments. Now, my mom's not here this service. She'll be here second service. But I'll tell you this much. I don't have a trust fund. My mom says, I'm spending it all before I go. You're on your own. You know what I'm saying? And I don't blame her. I want her to live it up while she's here. I'm not depending on her to provide for my future. I'm depending on God to provide for my future. Amen. So I know some people have trust funds for their children, and those are all great. But we're going to talk a little bit about the trust fund as far as it is recorded in the Bible. Amen? But before I go any farther, I just want to pray. Lord, uh, it's a sensitive topic. Let's just call the elephant in the room. When we talk about money, people get a little weird. They get a little, a little anxious, like we're going to take a big offering at the end of service. Lord, that's not the intent today. The intent is to help us to grow in the, in, in the area of generosity, and that covers so many more facets than it does just our finances, but it begins there, Lord. So God, as, as I teach the Word of God the way you put it in my heart, and Lord, I'm actually excited to teach on a controversial subject, something that, that a, lot of, a lot of pastors want to uh, skirt around because it's just an uncomfortable thing to talk about. Uh, usually we bring in special speakers to talk about the money, but God, it's my job. It's my job to teach the church, to encourage the church in the area of generosity, to help them grow in this area because it's for their benefit. So, Lord, help me, God, to convey the message as the Holy Spirit puts it in my heart and as the Word of God teaches it to us. In Jesus' name, and everybody, come on, if you're, 
Yeah, if you're generous or not, you can say amen to that. I'm going to teach you some Bible principles is all I'm going to do today. I, I am not out to, to convert you, okay? okay? God is in charge of doing all that stuff. But can I tell you right out the gate, we are all stewards of everything that God gives us. That's what we are. We are stewards. And I probably should have looked up the word so I could give you the definition of the word steward. But it, it actually it just means that, that you, you are responsible for it, that you take care of it. You're the caretaker of everything that God gives us. And can I tell you early on, I'm going to get to the last point almost first, that everything belongs to God. But the number one thing that people are most concerned about is money. And therefore, I believe God is concerned about it too. I believe God is concerned about money just like we are. God is concerned about your money, or rather, he's concerned about how we handle it. He's interested not because he needs your money, but because you need money. Come on. Some, money is something we use every single day. We have to have it to survive. You, you cannot survive without money. Even talk to our homeless friends who come on Tuesdays and now are beginning, beginning to become part of our church. You can't live without money. Some of them are out there asking for money. They're panhandling, it's called, because you have to have it to survive, even if you don't own a bill. Even if you don't own a thing and you don't have a bill and you don't have to worry about the man, you still have to eat. You still have to put shoes on your feet. You still have to do all. We have to have money to survive. So I believe God is concerned about it as well. And because you need it so much, he wants to know how you get it, how you spend it, how you save it, and how you share it. He's concerned about those things. People say, don't talk about money. It's not spiritual. <laughs> Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Verse 10, Paul said, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. In other words, money affects you spiritually. It affects your relationship with the Lord. Doesn't it? When everything is okay, we feel a little closer to Jesus. Hallelujah, I feel good. When things are tight and we got bills pressed, it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? But listen, Jesus spoke about money. 16 of the 36 parables are about money. There are 500 references on prayer in the Bible, but there are 2,300 references, over 2,300 references about money. Don't talk about money, Pastor Ron. It's not spiritual. Are you kidding me? It's about one of the most spiritual things we can talk about because it's, it's tied to our relationship with the Lord. It really is, and that's, that's what I want to talk to you about today. I'll, I want you to get an understanding of this, because when you get an understanding of this, man, I'll tell you what, there's power in it. There's freedom in knowing the things of God. And in order to stay, listen, God's concerned because Satan is interested in your money too. He's interested in your money. He wants to tempt you with it. He wants you to fall in love with it. And so because God wants us to be free and away from the enemy's snare, he doesn't want money to become a stronghold in, the per, in a person's life. And that's what happens. So we need to hold on to the principles God has given us. A couple weeks ago, I read you this, this text out of, out of Malachi chapter 3. 
And so I felt like I needed to come back, and we needed to teach from this text today, and we needed to, to maybe expound a little bit more about what, what's going on here in, in the area of generosity, in the area I'm talking about giving today. All five weeks of this sermon series is not going to be about money, but today is about money because it's the starting place. It's the root of generosity, honestly. So let's, let's read, beginning in verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. He says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Verse 8 says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what ways have we robbed you? in tithes and in offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. For sin says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me. Some translations say, test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I love verse, read verse 11 with me. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. When you read the Bible, do, are there words that ever just kind of jump off the page and kind of slap you around a little bit? They just, they just whoa. That's pretty intense. In this particular passage, the word that kind of jumps off the page for me is rob. The word rob. I mean, that's a big word. It's a strong word, and it's used four times in verse 8 and 9 alone. Will a man rob God? You have robbed me. It says this, and I want to give you the deep, hidden meaning behind the, the Hebrew definition of the word rob. It means rob. Okay? There's no secret meaning there. It means you're stealing from me. That's what God said. It literally means to rob from God. Ow. Robbery is a serious charge, isn't it? I won't ask how many have been in trouble for it. We'll leave that one alone. But it is one of the Ten Commandments. It's number eight. Thou shalt not steal. I see three different robberies, robberies if you will, going on in the text today. Robbing God. Robbing the church, and robbing ourselves. So those are the things that I want to talk to you today. And the first one, robbing God, it leads to the other two. And it's don't rob God. It's the pre principle of ownership. Can you back up one? I don't need letter A up there yet. Is that all one slide? All right. Got ahead of ourselves here. You guys are cheating. But it's the principle of ownership. God uses the word rob because it belongs to him. It all belongs to him. Tithing is a reminder that what we have comes from God. It's, 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 a, it's a helpful reminder that when we get money, when we get a, a resource, that we take 10% off the top. Why do we do that? Because it belongs to God, and that's God's. I don't want to touch what's God's. When I touch what's God's, I mess stuff up. I wish this thought just came naturally to everybody, but it doesn't. It, it, listen, this is one of the, the most difficult Christian disciplines to acquire. 
There are people that have been serving the Lord for many, many, many years, but still do not have the discipline of tithing in order in their life. And, and that shouldn't be. If we are in love with Jesus, if we're followers of God, as we grow and we mature, there are areas that we need to surrender to God. And tithing is one of them. So there's three different groups in the church every Sunday, and there's probably these three groups here this morning because it's just everywhere. And group one is already up there. It's the group that says everything is mine. <laughs> You're not that group. I know you better than that. But this is the group that says I work hard. I earn it. I deserve what I got. I can do what I want to with my money because it's my money. So when the offering bag comes around, I'll give if I want to. And if I feel like it, I'll give a dollar. If I feel like it, I'll give a $20. But I don't have to because it's mine. That's one group of people that is in the church. Every Did you ever hear about the dollar bill and the $20 bill that were going to the Federal Reserve to be retired because they just ran their course? So they begin a conversation. The $20 bill is like, man, I have been to Paris. I have been on cruises. I have been uh, to the greatest places in the world. And, and the $1 bill is looking at it and said, all I've ever been to is the church. And the 20 says, what's the church? Oh, 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 oh. That's a joke, people. That's a joke. You can laugh at that. That's okay. Dollar bills and 20s, they really don't talk, right? But they do. They do. I could probably have our offering counter stand up and give a testimony about that, how many 20s versus 1s they see come through. The but that's not what we're here to do. We're not here to put condemnation on anybody. But that, that's one group. Group A is the one that says everything is mine. Group B is, is the group that says 90% is mine. The tithe belongs to God. You got group, group B up there? All right, we got to work on our, our stuff, don't we? You guys get to cheat all day. 90% is mine. The tithe belongs to God, but the rest is mine. This group says, in obedience, I give 10% because God said so. So I'll do what I want to with the rest, but I'm not really happy about it, but I am obedient. That's the second group of people. The third group is, says nothing is mine. The third group says nothing is mine. It all belongs to God. The tithe and the rest of it. And I'll return to him what he's commanded, and I'll trust him with the rest of my finances as well. Everything is, is God's gift to me. So I want to use them widely. I want to be a good steward of all the things that God brings into my life. Because do you know that there is a day that we will be judged for that? We will give an account for how we used our resources. And because I'm teaching, now don't leave, but because I'm teaching you this today, you can't say I didn't know. Some of you are like, I'm out of here. I don't want to know this one. Don't tell me about this one, Pastor Ryan. But, you know, I, I believe that, that Christians everywhere, they want to know. The, don't you want to know the truth? Is it okay if I tell you the truth today? It's important. We need to know this stuff. So the first group says, I'll share with God if I want to. The second group says, I'll share with God because I have to. And the third group says, I share because I get to. That's the difference. It, it, it's in the mentality. It's in the spirit of giving. It's, 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 it's developing the spirit of generosity. Tithing is not just an Old Testament term. I've heard that. So, oh, that's just Old Testament, Pastor Ron. God put that in the heart of the people even before the Old Testament. 
Look, the next verse I'm about to read to you takes place when, when Abram rescued his nephew Lot. You guys know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Well, when Abram rescued Lot in the battle of the Valley of Siddim, some people refer it to the, the Battle of Nine Kings. There's a little teaching for you. Nine kings went at it, amen? It was pretty cool. Go read about it. It's in Genesis chapter 14, but look at this. The Bible says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the high priest of God most high. And he blessed him, and he said, Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And it says, And he gave him a tithe of all. Listen, a tenth of the spoils, even before the Old Testament was written, even before the law was given, was taking place. It was in the heart of God's people, and it was to continue the work of the Lord. That's the reasoning behind it. Moses came along a little while later, and God gave him the law. And in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, it says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the... Can I tell you, if you touch God's 10%, you're touching holiness? I don't know if I want to go there, family. Been there, done that. I have not always been a faithful tither. Even as a Christian, there were times in my life where I thought, ah, I don't know that I can do this. Hi, guys. Come on in. Somebody make some room. We got more, more visitors. Praise the Lord. But we know these people, so they're family. Here, Brian, move up here. Move up and sit in my seat, Brian. It's going to be anointed. Go ahead, sit right there, brother. Go ahead. And then a few hundred years, listen, Malachi confirmed it. We just read about that. And he said in verse 6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Listen, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's not just a four-square thing. That's the, that's the scripture, amen? That's Hebrews 13.8. God is the same. His ways don't change. And I love what numbers. You don't, you don't have this on the screen there, Dave. So look it up real quick. Look at numbers. Oh, I'm going to make you go in your Bible. I know. Okay, numbers chapter 23. I love this verse. You should highlight this, underline line this in your Bible. Verses 19 and 20. God is not a man that he should lie. Let me just stop right there. So if God says to do something, and he says he's going to bless you when you do it, he's not a liar. Nor a son of man that he should repent, as he said, and I will, and, excuse me, and will he not do. So as he has said, and will he not do. So if God said it, that settles it. Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Listen, can I tell you that when the Lord decides to bless something, there is no body or no thing that can reverse it. So if God says, I'm going to bless you when you tithe, I'm going to bless you when, I, when you give, there is no devil in hell. All the kids are next door. There is no enemy on this planet. There is no man. There is no IRS worker. Come on, somebody. That can take that blessing from you. God says, I'll bless you, and we need to let him. And then later on, here's New Testament. Jesus affirmed what we've been talking about. Matthew 23, 23. I want to read it to you out of the NIV. It says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. 
You give a tenth of your spice, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter, listen, without neglecting the former. Yes, Jesus eradicated the law. You are not held to the Ten Commandments any longer. Can I tell you you're held to a higher standard now? We're called to be like Jesus. And Jesus himself, he said, listen, you hypocrites. You try to act all godly and, and, you, and, you, and you practice the matters of justice and mercy and failness, but you have neglected the former things, the area of tithing. You need to do both. You can't just be all, oh, you know, this gospel of grace. Oh, everything is okay. It's not a true gospel. Grace is sufficient, and grace is there, but that is not the end of the gospel, family. There's more to the story. God is a gracious God and forgiving and loving and kind, but can I tell you, there's also a judging side of God. There is a time where there's accountability, and we will have to give an account for how we live our life as Christians. And so it's my responsibility as the teacher of the house to teach you the principles. And to encourage you, hey, get involved in the things of God. You will only be blessed by it. Can I get a share of hands of anyone who's ever struggled in the area of tithing, began to tithe faithfully? Put your hand down because I'm going a different way with this question. I appreciate you, Brittany, because I know that about you. And then God failed you. Raise your hand. Oh, I set myself up for that question, but I didn't see a hand go up. It doesn't happen. It, It doesn't happen. Can I tell you this before we move on to number two? Tithing is our most basic act of worship. I'm a worshiper, Pastor. I'm a worshiper. Do you give? Do you tithe? If you tithe, I'll believe you're a worshiper. If you don't tithe, I I might struggle with that because it is an extension of our worship. It's an extension of, of our offering to God. Why? Because so much is tied to it. We're so dependent on it. When we release it to God, we're saying, God, I trust you. I worship you. You you will do as you said, and I believe it. So the Lord says, test me in this. This is the issue of trust. This is where the trust fund comes on. Don't rob yourself. It's a principle of trust. Do you trust me? Malachi 3.9 says, it's an interesting verse because it says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. We struggle with that word curse. We think, we think that it, we associate that with witches and voodoo and, and sorcery. But that's not what we're talking about here. There's a difference here. God did not say, I will curse you. He said, you are cursed. He's talking about the consequences of our foolish actions. He's talking about the consequences when we do things that we're not supposed to do or we don't do things that we're supposed to do. Listen, if I bang my head against that wall, I might get a headache. The wall is definitely harder than my head. There's a consequence if I choose to bang my head up against that wall. If I choose to kick this cast iron pulpit, I might break a toe. Yeah? Aluminum, oh, well. Still it hurt a lot. Don, don't mess with my story, man. Ah, They didn't know that. This thing's like 900 pounds. Look at this. Whoa. <laughs> Notice how it takes two of them to put it up here every week. Look at that, one handed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the consequence of robbing God is you're robbing yourselves of the blessings in your life. Tithe 
is God's way of blessing us. It's how he, it's how he, it's how he is. What's the right word? How he is. I don't want to say release. It's how he releases blessing in your life. Read, read Malachi three again. Just 10, 10 through twelve. It says, "Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house." Try me now on this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Tithing releases God's blessing. When you acknowledge him and you tithe, you are opening the floodgates of heaven. So the background we chose, it's... It's volcanic runoff, and it's just overflowing. And that's what God wants to do in your life. He just wants to overflow you with a generous spirit. I'm not only, today we're talking about money, but we're not only going to be talking about money in this series. Generosity goes in a lot of different directions. But again, it starts here. You have to believe that you can accomplish more with the 90% and God's blessing on top of it than you can with the 100% without God's blessing. You have to get that in your spirit. You've got to understand that that's the truth of the Word of God. I've heard people say, you, I can't afford to tithe. Listen, you can't afford not to tithe. You're missing out on the much-needing blessings of God. Listen, just this week, I knew we were going to be teaching on generosity because we're getting into a season of building. This next year, I'm praying we're breaking ground. We already broke some ground for a trench, amen? But we got to talk about generosity, and I know that it's not all going to come from the pockets of Grapevine Fellowship members. The community is going to get involved in this process. But, but, so I'm wrestling with God. When do you want me to talk about generosity? When do you want to talk about, about money? You want to do it during the holidays, Lord, because that's when people feel most generous. And, and I had confirmation this week. I, I, I met somebody, an old grape. An old grape. Yeah, I run into grapes everywhere, all, all over this great city. There are grapes everywhere. Everywhere, I'm telling you, man. It's like God sprinkled in like a fruit salad or something. And we talked for at least 20 minutes. At least. I think it was longer than that. Because I'll tell you something else about grapes. They're not a talk. Okay? <laughs> Talking fruit. I love that. And this man told me about Grapevine and, and Pastor Bud and the building. And he talked about how God was using him and a lot of the things that the Lord had done. And and we talked about some other things, and I invited him back, and, and yeah, maybe I will, maybe I will. And, and he, he, he initiated this conversation. This is what he said to me. He said, you know, I'm, financially I'm pretty well off, but I haven't tithed since, since Grapevine burnt down. He says, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm cursed, his words. He says, i got money. I'm not saying I don't have money. I, got, I can buy just about anything I want to buy. He says, but I have not been blessed. I have not been happy. I give, I give to TV evangelists, I give to other causes, but I have not been a faithful tithe. This was his word standing right out in front of our building the other day. I thought, wow, Lord, it's exactly the message you want to convey to the people. That's why, that's why we need to talk about generosity. Here's a man who faithfully tithed for years, and since he has not, feels like he's cursed, feels like he's, he said this. He says, I don't have as much joy as I did before. And I got money. I, got, I can buy happiness, but you can't. You can't buy happiness. His words, not mine. Real story. Just this week, it just happened. 
The tithe is the trust fund. It's the Lord testing us. He's asking, do you really trust me? We ask him for so much, oh, Lord, bless me. Oh, Lord, I love you. Oh, Lord, I worship you. Oh, God, you are God all by yourself. You're bigger than anything I could ever face, but except in the area of my money. I don't know that I could trust you with my money, God, because I, I have to feed my family. It's a fearful thing for us, especially those of us with young families, and we know we've got to put food on the table, man, and we don't know when the next check's going to come in. We don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's hard sometimes to write that first fruits off. I understand that. Even as a pastor, I know how difficult it is. I wrote my tithe check last night thinking, okay, God, yeah, I know you're going to show up because you always do, but this isn't easy. I want to buy a Harley, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and we can talk about financial freedom all we want to, but, but as a child of God, listen, as our brother Grape said just the other day, we'll never be really free until we do this. So God, the tithe is God's way of accomplishing God's work. That's number three. Don't rob the church. It's the principle of provision. There are many places that we can put our money today, lots of places. You can invest it in things and in properties and Harleys, and that's all good. Food and clothing and, and education. And those are all things that we should be investing in. Those are all things that we should be pouring into. But the tithe is for the work of God's church. Even from the beginning, even in Genesis, when, when, when Melchizedek blessed Abram and gave him a tenth of the spoil, or Abram blessed Melchizedek and gave him a tenth of all the spoil, he says, I am doing this to help you build the church, to help you continue to build the kingdom. Listen, God is God, and he does not need your money. God doesn't need your money. Psalm 50, verse 10 says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns it all. It's all at his availability. God doesn't need your money to be God. But listen, the church needs your money to be the church. It does. In order to fulfill the mission of the church, there has to be support for it. The call is simple. We read it in Malachi. He said to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. The storehouse is referring to the temple of God that the people in that time were worshiping. They were worshiping the Lord in the temple. And in today's world, we call it the church. This is where we worship God. This is where we're taught the word of God. This is where we're, we're taught the, the principles of the things of God. And the tithe belongs to the church. Listen, not where you choose to designate it. I have to teach on this because I know that there are members who designate their tithe to a certain area. Can I tell you that is, that is not tithing? That is offering. Whenever you designate your money to a certain area, that is an offering. That's a love gift, and that's awesome. It cannot be a tithe because the Bible says the tithe goes to the storehouse. Well, pastor, but this, this area needs my support. Then you're trusting yourself to be the provider and not God. We need to trust God to be the provider. We bring to the storehouse first, and then as the Lord leads, next week's Mission Sundays. I hope somebody, some of you will have it in your heart to bring something, to give towards missions. But when we designate our tithe, it's not the tithe any longer. It's, it's a gift to that particular ministry branch. 
we release the tithe for the leadership, for the elders to use to keep the storehouse full. That's what the tithe is about. And I had to teach you about that because, because I know, and in my experience all these years, people will designate their tithe to go to a certain area. Well, I'm on the worship team, so I'm going to designate it towards the worship team. You can't even do that. That's not even approved budget as far as a tithable budget. Here's how it works in the Foursquare. If there is an area like a building fund, that is approved. It's approved by the council. Council members say we're going to set up a building fund, and so you give, you write a check. Hey, I want that to go to the building fund, and that's where it goes. If you write a check and you say, I want it to go to the new pulpit fund, because I don't like that steel, stainless steel 900-pound one, it can't go there. I don't have a designation for that. It's not an approved place for that. Does that make sense? I, I know I got in a little teaching vein there, but, but it's important to understand because some of us are generous, but, but maybe even those of us that are generous have never actually even tithed. We've designated all of our finances. So God calls us to support his ministry. That's what he does. That's, that's the call in our life is to be a part of the kingdom work. And I want to say this before I close because Grapevine is a very generous body. I'm not preaching about generosity because we're not generous. I'm not. I'm teaching about generosity because it's a topic we need to have a better understanding about. And because there's a lot of new Christians in the room today that need to understand what generosity is. And I love that. I hope we teach this again in a year because there's a whole bunch of new faces. You know what I'm saying? I hope we get to continue to teach the same principles because it's about discipling and building a body and helping people understand the things of the Lord and, and who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And, and, I, and I'm just trying to convey some truth to you today. So, so if you're still a little skepti skeptical about the tithing issue, I'm going to issue a challenge to you. That's my job as a pastor. Challenge the body. If you start faith, faithfully tithing and after three months, if God's not blessing you, just stop tithing. Listen, I won't even know if you do or don't because I don't look at those things. I don't, I don't want to know. I'd rather the Holy Spirit speak to me about people and where they are than, than know those intimate details. It's not my business to know that. Unless you're wanting to be on the, on the council, unless you want to be in a high-level leadership like a pastor of this church, uh, carry a license, then I need to know those things. You need to be a tither, and I will check the records then. But other than that, I don't. I don't need to. So I won't know. This challenge is between you and God. If, if, if you're skeptical, I, I challenge you. And God is up to the challenge. He said so himself. He said, test me. Test me and see if I don't open the floodgate to heaven. Open up the heavens. I want to see you. Open up the floodgates. The mighty river. Come on now. Oh, we, we harmonize right there, Mike. I got a little bit. Just a little bit, brother. I can't. I don't know. That's why I do this, you know. Stop, Pastor. Just talk about the word, would you? But I believe if you faithfully and cheerfully tithe, God will supply what you need. He will. He will give back to you. I'm not promising that he's going to give you a new car or a new house or, or a new Harley. I, uh, I can't promise those things. But I know beyond the shadow of doubt that he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I know that. Here's how I want to close. Look at that. We're finishing 10 minutes early. I talked about money, and we're finishing early. It's because we have a baptism right now. Yay. We have a barbecue going on right now. So please, 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 please help support the men's ministry. Uh, but, but here's how I want to close this. Here's what I want to say. 
I changed the way I was going to close it because, again, it's really, this is be- between me and God. This business is between me and God. But if you believe that what I taught you today is the word of God and the truth, then I want you to stand. Because some of you maybe will still be thinking, I don't know if that's the word of God. I don't know if that's true or not. But if you believe what I taught you, I'm not saying stand and you'll start tithing. That's not what I said. If you believe that this word is the truth and the word of God, and everybody's standing. So here's what I want to pray. Because I know that some of you in your heart of hearts are thinking, that's, that's tough, Pastor. That's, that's tough. You don't even know where I am. And, I, and I, honestly, no, I don't. No, I don't. But again, I would say to you, you, you can't afford not to. So, Father, as we stand, knowing that we've heard the truth today, I don't pray for condemnation over anybody this morning. I don't even ask that you would bring deep conviction, although that's part of the package. What I ask, Lord, is that you bring encouragement. That if our desire is not in line with the truth, and it always isn't, it, it always it, it's not always going to line up with the truth, Lord, and that's just a fact. We're still flesh. We're still human. But, Lord, because we're standing and we know that this word was true, I pray that you would encourage our hearts that if we struggle in this area, all I would ask, Lord, is that we be open to the leading of the Lord, that you would give us the desire, that you would give us the want to. We have the understanding today. Now give us the revelation, Lord. Pray that you would release into our life that blessing that you would open floodgates, Lord. I know that there are many people here today that have been searching for work and some that are looking for new new places to live. And God, I pray that you would begin to, to show yourself faithful to them, Lord. Open doors. We've heard testimonies already about jobs. and God, we're thankful for that. But Lord, I believe this season of Jubilee is not finished. I believe even as we get close to the end of the year, that our season of Jubilee is not going to close. It's just going to increase, Lord. You're going to begin to do great things through not only our personal lives, but through this ministry. Father, bless our day. Bless us as we go. Let our teams win, even if they're playing against each other. I don't know how you do that, but you can do it. In Jesus' name, amen.